0: Well, good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome to Church on the Road. Praise the Lord as I'm traveling and ministering down in South Florida today. But I want to bring God's good word to you because I know that you're hungry for the things of God. You know, when I left North Carolina, it was raining like crazy. And uh, we've actually been in quite a severe drought uh, for the last year. And so it's great to have all of the rain. But, you know, I tell you. Sometimes it's good to have the sunshine. Check out over my shoulder uh, here, you can see the sunny day here in Florida, almost 80 degrees. So quite a change from uh, the cold temperatures and all the rain that we were having just a little farther up north. A thousand miles can sure make a big difference in the weather. Now, my friends, I want us to receive the tithes and offerings. I have a scripture for you that I think you will find quite uh, mysterious maybe even challenging. This is in Philippians chapter four, verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. What is a special offering in the eyes of God viewed as being? It's viewed as being an opportunity. Is God in need or has he ever been in need? No. Well, of course we would all agree. Of course not. So then what is this? This is an opportunity, an opportunity for God. No, it's an opportunity for us to connect with God's blessings. Praise the Lord. You know, some years back, I was hanging out with some ministers and we we're all together and uh, talking about the Lord and the things of God. And, uh, one minister said hey did you guys hear about the uh the offering that was just received at this one particular church and we were not aware of it he says well let me tell you what happened he said the pastor stood up on a sunday morning and announced to the church that there was going to be a building program that was going to be launched that morning that they had the blueprint they had the vision and they had the direction uh, to move forward with this new phase of expansion for a new sanctuary and, you know, things along that line for the new uh, growth program for the church. And because the leadership board had already discussed, you know, that this is like a long-term project, probably looking at three years to raise the needed funds of $3.5 million. So the pastor, he begins to announce it and he is kind of like, in a sense, preparing the people for what we would call the long haul. And so he's talking about the building project, and uh, he's wanting people to commit. And, you know, he announced that this is a a $3.5 million project, and, you know, we need everybody to participate, et cetera, et cetera. Well, while he was talking, there was a man uh, that uh, lifted his hand up and kind of just kept his hand up. And eventually the pastor just stopped his, you know, prepared speech of, you know, a fundraising type talk and said, yes. He said, uh, he said, did you have something to say? And this man said, pastor, I've got that. Just go ahead and and get on with the message. (laughs) Can you believe that? And so the pastor said, well, you've got what? He said, I've got it. He said, I'll write you a check. Just move on. Just move on. Praise God. And my friends, we are coming into a fuller manifestation of that. So after the service, the guy uh, handed, you know, he already had, he just wrote a checkout, $3.5 million. And so the three year journey uh, never actually began. All the money's now here. And it's basically contact the construction firm and start building. Woo. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, I really do believe that God has destined for many of you that are watching to have your own encounter with the Lord in a sense where you can say, "I've got that." In other words, you recognize a divine opportunity, and you st- and you, re- you realize that it's not for God's lifting. He's already He's already the Most High. We're not trying to exalt God higher. He's already the Most High. Divine opportunities when they are presented by the anointing of the Spirit, they are for whose lifting? They are for the lifting of the saints of God. Okay? And so, uh, and and let me say this also. Some need to relax right now because I'm not asking you for $3.5 million. I'm, I'm not giving you an opportunity today to sow a $3.5 million offering. Okay. So uh, this is interesting though, because Paul said in verse 10, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Now there will be the time that I know that some of you, when I make special announcements, maybe it's a six figure need and God has said, make it now known that there will be one person, uh, and it's going to be whoever does it first, that will say, I've got that. And I'm not only am I going to get it, I'm going to call into the ministry office right now because <laughs> I don't want anybody else to get it. I want that one. I want that one. Do you know I've actually had people do that here in the ministry where I've announced uh, certain ministry needs? I'm not talking about something for me. I'm not asking somebody to buy me a pair of shoes or buy me a new sweatshirt. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, God takes care of my personal needs, but I'm talking about for the ministry. There have been times, uh, I'll give you an example, like the gate uh, on the fence that goes around the church. I think the gate was like $13,000. The moment I announced that, somebody contacted the ministry and said, I want that. And Pastor Stephen, please let me be the one that covers that because there's something about gates and entrances that I connect with, and I said, well, by all means, praise the Lord. Let the Lord flow through you. Amen. And that person covered that just right off the bat. And so while we've had, uh, you know, some large things that God has just worked through his people just to knock out, uh, I do believe that you're destined to have moments where you are the one that says, I've got that. Pastor Stephen, you don't even need to talk about that anymore. I've got that. Now, we right now, Need a new encoder? Uh, Is God really excited about encoders? Does He sit around and talk with the angels about how cool it is that video signals can be converted and uploaded to uh, social media sites and to cloud-based storage sites? (laughs) No. What are these opportunities? They are for your lifting, and we have an encoder that costs that that we're looking at purchasing. It's only thirty-five hundred dollars. We're going to get the um, court cloud coverage with it also so we can send the signals into the cloud. And it also has like elite care, in other words, tech support, all that stuff. That's, it's $5,000. And I really believe that this is, I'm sharing this, not that our ministry is like so small that we can't cover a $5,000 encoder, okay? You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying that when I shared that, I knew exactly what God was doing. What's he doing? Well, okay, so we could we could continue to let people sow, and eventually we hit targets, and we go above them, and things are secured. The ministry moves forward, but these are opportunities where somebody could say, Pastor Stephen, I've got that. You don't ever have to mention that ever again, because trust me, I know the, uh, the viewership of these messages and things like that, and there's probably several hundred people that at a second, boom, you've already got it. It's just a matter of that revelatory knowledge of, hey, Pastor Stephen, I want to be a type of a woman or type of a man within God's kingdom, within the realm of God's kingdom, that I begin to come into this. Now, remember, uh, it's not like I expect some of you to say, Pastor Stephen, Yes, you're working on a four million dollar project. Let me just tell you right now I've got that and I'm sent, I'm going to wire transfer tomorrow. <laughs> okay <laughs> We will have those moments. but right now this is an opportunity for somebody to say, I've got that and let me let me be honest. I know there's a whole bunch of people who've got it. I know the, look, I'm, I'm speaking primarily to American audience. We have people that watch from all over the world. And I hope uh, for my American friends, my American uh, uh, church members and American ministry partners, that you don't let somebody from Nigeria beat you on this one. I hope that you don't let somebody from the Congo, I'm serious, I'm serious, beat you on this one. Praise God that somebody would see this not as, well, it's just another need, and I guess uh, God's really excited about encoders. No, that you would see it, like Paul said, as an opportunity for who's lifting <laughs> to lift God up because God's poor and he needs a little help. Well, Pastor Stephen, we're going to help you out. God, God, obviously, uh, he needs a little help. No, these are opportunities for your lifting. Praise God. Now I know for some that, uh, let's just take, for example, that there, there could be somebody and you saved and saved in your cookie jar. I know what it's like, cause I've been there before and then you see a divine opportunity, and God calls for it. What do you do? That, my friends, is the area of sacrificial giving. So there's normal offerings, okay, and you may, maybe you give $100, uh, but there's very few Americans that are unable to give $100 uh, without it being a burden uh, in the sense where, yeah, you can give 100 and you're probably not really going to miss that. Now, if you're like, making you know, $19,000 a year, and you're under the poverty line, as they would say, based on economic status and stuff like that, Yeah, you could feel $100, but most Americans can give $100 and not even feel it. But there is an area that's beyond what we would call general offerings, and you move over into the area of sacrifice. In other words, you feel it. And yeah, so there's somebody that's probably got the 5K and God's talking to you, and yeah, you, you would absolutely feel it, and I know what that's like. One time, I had saved for two years for the television ministry. This was years back, and I had been saving and saving, and when somebody gave something towards uh, television, I put it to the side, and after two years, I had $7,000 saved up, and I I kind of Sat back one day on the couch and had a little talk with the Lord. I was, you know, in private, just like a prayer type uh, session in my Jesus room, talking to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I've saved for two years, and all I've got is $7,000 that I plan on using for television ministry. And I said, "I, I know it's not a lot in the terms of TV recordings and stuff like that, but at the same time, it's not like a little peanut, it's not like pennies. It is seven thousand dollars. I thought, well, maybe I could at least buy one camera. Can get a pretty good camera for seven k. But I said, I said at the same time, Lord, it's it's kind of like frustrating because I can't do what I want to do with seven thousand. Normally, you're looking at starting right around fifty k to get in to be able to record and then get on a network that would be like a lower level network and uh, you know kind of get things rolling. So I said, Lord, I. would I'm kind of like in a conundrum here. I don't really know what to do. And I heard uh, the Holy Spirit say something to me. He said, if what you hold in your hand is not your harvest, then it's your seed. And if you think I'm sharing things like this because maybe I'm trying to manipulate so I can uh, walk around with an encoder in my back pocket and say, hey, look at my encoder. Isn't this cool? No. <laughs> I, I don't even like messing with like a lot of this technical stuff. I'd rather just spend time in the Word, uh, and I'm not like thrilled about cameras and encoders, but I'm saying that this is a kingdom opportunity. Well, when the Lord, the Holy Spirit, excuse me, when the Holy Spirit spoke that to me that day, Uh, I knew exactly what I was supposed to do with the $7,000. Matter of fact, he spoke it so clear that I jumped up and looked behind the couch. I know there's nobody hiding behind the couch. The couch is actually up against the wall. But you would have thought that somebody's back there. and, uh, And I have actually heard actually one particular minister quote that actual statement before. I've heard him actually say that. Well, where did he get it from? Same, the same God, the Holy Spirit. And so I knew that what, what I was holding in my hand, $7,000, was not my harvest, it was my seed. So you know what Kelly and I did with it? We took it and sowed it into the ministry of a very well known televangelist and I gave it to him personally for him to put in. I, I didn't give it to him personally uh, to use for his personal usage, I gave it to him personally to put into his ministry, which, you know, that's all he does. He's, he's just concerned about God's work. Sold it into his ministry, and uh, and then after that, things just began to open up. And right now, our satellite footprint that we reach through all of the networks that we're on is over three billion potential viewers, and that's that's pretty wild. <laughs> Praise God. But you know, if I would have taken that seven thousand dollars and have done you know, spend it on something else, maybe buying some lights or something like that. I would not have had the uh, ongoing type of harvest. And let me say that was a sacrifice. I like, I, 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 I felt that when I sowed that, it took two years of dedicated savings to get that. But, uh, I, but you know, we're, we're running that, uh, uh, over that every month just with uh, you know the needs of television and things like that so um you, you can't even do TV without uh bare bones minimum uh you know uh, six figures you're gonna be over 100k real quick and but God has called us into that God's grace is here and uh, we're moving forward with all of that but really the encoder is primarily for internet streaming so uh, when you use a good camera you got to have a device that translates that into a video signal that the social media platforms can receive. Praise God. Okay, so again, that's still floating out there. Yes, offerings are coming in. I see the $100 offerings. I see the $10 offerings. I see all of that, and I thank God for that. But really, this is something that I'm endeavoring to raise up in men and women a grace where they can say, I've got that and this is what people do. They say, Pastor Stephen, when I get really wealthy, I want to be the person that says for the $3.5 million need, I've got that, but they won't do it on the $5,000 need when they have the ability to do it. (laughs) Now, it may be a sacrifice. Yeah, you might really feel it, but again, I'm saying God's not broke. God's not hurting. These opportunities are for God's people. Do you see what I'm saying? Again, the apostle Paul said in verse 10, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. You know, I'm not coming every week with a new opportunity, but when I sense God has something that yes, it is a need, but it's also an opportunity for his people to continue to move up higher, then I present those by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Okay. So now today, let's be faithful. Let's bring the tithes into the storehouse. The tithe goes to the storehouse where you are spiritually being nourished and fed. Okay. Let's bring the tithe in. That's 10% of your earned income. And let's also, as the Holy Spirit leads, give offerings. What are offerings? Anything above the 10%. And there are those times where you give a sacrificial offering. And I have found over the years that is, the, it's the sacrificial offerings where you're really, it means something to you. That's when it means something to God. And that's so often when you see strange, unexplainable blessings that begin to come in, not just like a singular return, but sometimes where it's just like ongoing. And we've been running now uh with global television for uh, almost four years now, unabated and just moving from month to month, paying the bills and enjoying the journey because of the seeds we've sown and continue to sow in the work of the Lord. So these are, again, are opportunities for our lifting up. By the way, what happens if we go over the uh, stated budget you know, which is, you know, the encoder is only 5K. What happens if we go over? We'll use it to upgrade the computers in our main ministry office. And there are some computers that are used heavily that were actually purchased in the year 2014, the year 2015, and they won't even update any, they won't even do Windows updates anymore because their operating systems are uh, they have become a little bit prehistoric. So, um, we'll just fix that. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Woo. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And we'll try to keep things a little more caught up in that area going forward. uh, as far as computers go glory to the Lord Jesus. Now let me pray over your giving heavenly father. I pray for your people as they're honoring you with the biblical principles of tithing and as they are now responding to divine opportunity. Father, if they don't have it, that's totally fine, but they can all do something. But I know that there are also others that are, uh, they're trying to weigh this and decide what they want to do. And I thank you, Father. Let them see it as an opportunity from the biblical perspective of their lifting, not just meeting a need, because there will always be needs, but Father, they're sowing seed, thus positioning themselves for divine harvest and for a much uh, colorful life. Now, we thank you, Father. Bless them. Show them exactly what they're supposed to do, and we give you all of the praise today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your obedience, and you really will see the Lord, uh, touch you in this area. You know, my wife and I uh, presented an offering to the Lord a little while back, and I uh, went into a vision later after having sowed that, and the Lord told me, I receive this offering as Abraham's Isaac. Now, I tell you, that meant a lot, and it really does mean something when God receives your offering, when it has sacrifice baked into it. Mm -mm. Glory to God. And I know what it is to empty an account entirely. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Well, Pastor Stephen, God's not leading me to do that. Totally fine. See with Jesus, there's no, there's no pressure. There's no arm twisting gimmicks. Again, God's not broke. We don't play those games, but when God does present divine opportunity, and we understand how he works, we just simply work with him. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you're mailing in your tithe and your offering, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. Now, if you want to bring it in online, you can do so anywhere in the world, as long as you can get online, and go to the website stephenbrooks.org. And on the homepage, look up at the top, and there's a header. It says, Give Online. Click that, and there's a little drop-down bar, and click where it says, Tithes and Offerings. And that takes you to the giving page. And uh, click that little drop-down menu. It says, F-U-N-D, Fund. Okay, and there's the area for the tithe, and you can also give the area for the offering. Make a little notation and put Tech Package, okay, if you're wanting to give towards the encoder computer upgrades, just put tech package, and it will be applied in that area. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. I feel happy for you. You know, I don't, uh, how can I say, I'm very thankful when people respond, and giving comes in, and God's God's uh, projects, and God's uh, kingdom plans move forward. Uh, yes, that makes my heart very, very joyful but i don't i don't measure really though my joy by what is being received i measure my joy on what i give <laughs> jesus even said that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive so while yes we we as a ministry have to receive to move forward uh, to move forward and to touch the lives of people around the world and build up the church uh, and I, I, that blesses me. But I tell you what, what gets me excited, I know it does, you too, is the ability to sow seed because that is the favored, more privileged position. Mm-mm. And I see you coming into that. I really do see a new anointing coming up on those who respond to this with the grace. Listen to me. This is very powerful. With the grace to be able to say, Pastor, I've got that. And look, you may be watching, and I might not be your pastor. Maybe you even go to another church, and maybe you're here because you enjoy the teaching, uh, and God's connected you to another ministry. That's totally fine also. Just do what the Lord is telling you to do. But I, I believe that regardless of where God has planted you, God can transform you into that man or that woman that says, irregardless of your age, whether you're 20 or 40 or 60 or whatever, you can be that person that says, Pastor, uh, uh, I've got that. Just go ahead and jump into the sermon. Uh, Not a problem. I've got it. Hallelujah. Woo. Hey, just practice that. Just say, Pastor, I've got that. Mm -mm. And if you'll do it on what we could call smaller opportunities, although uh, it's all based upon where you're at right now, and, you know, I believe you'll see it happen on larger opportunities, six-figure opportunities opportunities, seven-figure, eight-figure opportunities eventually. Praise God. Say it again. Say, Pastor, I've got that. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. And it just makes you so happy to be able to grab it, take it, and, uh, and help God's kingdom move forward. You're blessed. Amen. You're blessed. Praise the Lord. Well, my friends, let me share something with you today and I'm on the road, and I'm not going to keep you that long today, praise the Lord, but I do want to share something with you. Um, From Matthew chapter 17, I want to talk briefly today about visionary encounters, the supernatural, moving with God in the Spirit, praise the Lord. Now, I'm still getting amazing reports of those of you that are concluding your 21-day liquid fast. I'm getting them from all over America. I'm getting them from literally all over the world. And, uh, just got another one. Somebody said, yeah, just finished my 21 day fast. And there are even people who have, who work very, what I would call physically demanding jobs. And yet God's grace touched you and you did a 21 day liquid fast to God be the glory. Praise God. And I know that fasting makes your heart tender and helped you get closer to the Lord. And it's very interesting how, <clears throat> while I cannot make you a prophet, because that's only by God's calling. I can't make anybody an apostle, anybody a teacher. No, God calls men and women into the fivefold ministry. That, by the way, is a full-time calling, whether it's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. That, there can be an initial pull where you sense God has you calling, uh, like moving in that direction, but only he can set you into that. Now, those that are in leadership can ordain, but that ordaining is picking up on what God has already uh, placed on that person. So while I cannot make you a prophet, I can, however, equip you to hear the voice of God. Oh, you absolutely. And so by walking close with God, you can begin to pick up on the things of God. And while you may not be an apostle called to the nations, while you may may not be a prophet called into the full-time ministry going around doing the work uh, uh, of the prophet, uh, nevertheless, you can develop an extremely accurate hearing ear and have your own very satisfying walk with God. By the way, the ones I've found in life that are the easiest to prophesy over in other words, as in my prophetic ministry, when I'm prophesying to people, maybe in a line where people want to receive prophetic ministry, or maybe just out and about and people say, uh, Pastor Stephen, you got you have something from God for me? The easiest people to prophesy over 99% of the time are the ones who have a good prayer life. In other words, they're like spongy. And it's just so easy to prophesy over people like that. And I'm talking about Uh, not just like general prophecy. I'm talking about where the prophetic begins to have depth. You start getting words of knowledge. God starts sharing supernatural things, maybe even going into a vision over somebody while I'm prophesying over them. And so uh, I'm just telling you that the rewards of being righteous and walking with God, it's not only for eternity. It is heavyweight blessings while you're here on the earth. And so I want you to be in that flow, that flow of the Spirit, where you can move with the Spirit and uh, know what God is doing and enjoy it. Praise God. So Matthew chapter 17, Heavenly Father, as we're jumping into some things of the Spirit, we pray for activation, quickening in this area, and we give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. What's interesting about fasting is that while you don't necessarily... Have to fast to have something supernatural happen. But when you pray and fast and you start praying in the spirit a whole lot, you find sometimes that the spirit realm just begins to open up (laughs) and you're like, wow, this is really interesting. What's going on here? And uh, I've had it happen at times where maybe somebody's talking to me and maybe they're talking about something just totally natural or normal, and suddenly, this other dimension, which is the realm of the spirit will begin to open up. And it's like two things are going on at the same time. I can see this thing begin to unfold and I can, I can still hear them talking. And sometimes I just have to say, uh, uh brother or sister, hang on just a moment. God's doing something here. And, uh, I want to lean into this because God's talking right now. Woo, praise God, amen. And so you'll find that when it begins to unfold, that if you will lean into it, you can catch what God is wanting to give to you. Now, if you miss it, you might be able to get back into it later, but that's kind of tricky to do. You have to be really developed spiritually to catch something later. Uh, So I would adamantly say If something is unfolding, just stop right then, right there, wherever it is at, and lean into that experience. And when I say lean into it, I mean give it your absolute focus so that you can catch what's going on. If it helps, close your eyes. Did you know, this is interesting, did you know that I would say 80% of all visions that prophets have, I'm talking about whether it was prophet Kenneth Hagin or some of the most esteemed prophets that have walked on the earth, Uh, it's probably 80%, maybe even higher, of all visions are spiritual visions. Now, I have had open visions and that's what we're going to see in Matthew 17. I've had open visions where my eyes are open and I'm seeing in the natural, like if there's a tree, I can see the tree. If the sun's out, I can see the tr- sun. And at the same time, the spirit realm begins to open up. I've, I've had uh, open visions, but open visions are more, uh, they're more rare. They're actually the highest level of a vision. Uh, sometimes I hear people say they have open visions all the time. That That's not biblical. Whenever I hear somebody say something like that, I know that either A, they're very mature, uh, excuse me, very immature, or B, they're actually a false prophet. So in the uh, demonic realm, in the realms, uh, realms of witchcraft, sorcery, and things like that, yeah, they can go off into the spirit realm, just boom, just like that, anywhere, anytime. But you do have to work with the Holy Spirit in God's kingdom. And so it's not like it's something that you control, like in witchcraft, where you're always having an open vision and so, um, uh, those people that say they're having open visions all, are all the time. They're really demeaning something that is very sacred and holy. And I have found every single time that people that make exclamations like that, they are uh, they're fabricating visions. They're fabricating prophecies out of their soulish nature. And I would also would say that they've never even had a real open vision. Because when you have one, they're very powerful, they're very, very special, and uh, uh, they're they're holy, praise the Lord. Now, you also have the second level of a vision, which would be a trance. You see that with the uh, uh, Apostle Peter, how he went up on the housetop to pray in Acts chapter 10, and that's where the sheep came down. And, you know, it says that he fell, into a vision. So the Holy Spirit came over him. He fell into a vision. If a person is just going into a, a vision, just like all the time, like they would say open visions, that's occultic. <laughs> and I know those who can do that. And they are high level occultic. I had a man come to my church. He was one of the most, uh, well-known warlocks, uh, on the entire East coast. And, uh um, he was out there. I mean, uh, he was out, but he's out there in the demonic realm. And it's uh, just almost to me, almost like mind blowing that some Christians would look at that and think that's authentic when it is so uh, uh, off and so wrong and so evil. And I know, I know who he is. I know what he does. So um, he actually, uh, I won't tell what happened. That's a long story when he came to my church, but he tried to mislead a few people and I had to shut him down but he, he was in a sense like afraid of me because he knew, I knew who he was and I'm not tolerating that. He has, he's never going to have an inch to operate in my church and he never came back because he knew, uh, can't get anything over on Pastor Stephen. Uh, so, but you have to be aware of these things. So Peter fell into a trance. You'll also notice there in Acts chapter 10 that that trance is also identified as being a vision. So what is a trance? It's the second form of visionary experience. And while there is the open vision, there is also the trance. And that is when your physical senses are suspended. And when you go into the spirit realm, you don't even really, as far as where your body's at physically, you're not even aware of that. You're either now like walking in heaven. And the majority of the times when God has supernaturally caught me up to heaven, i Fell into a trance. Maybe I was in my bedroom praying. Maybe I was somewhere else praying, and I just fell over into a trance. And the next thing I knew, I was in a different world. Praise God! But you know, the whole time my body is back in that room on the earth praying, or still there. But my spirit went to be with God. So, um, so you have the open vision. You have the the trance. But then you have the spiritual vision, and with the majority of prophets, it is the spiritual vision that is the leading type of visionary experience. And that's simply when uh, maybe you're praying or uh, maybe you're, uh, you know, just living your life, but uh, but you, you close your eyes as a vision begins to unfold and you see it on the image screen of your mind. And God just shows that to you. And uh, that's actually uh, very, very, very common, praise the Lord amongst prophets. Now do I have open visions? Yes. Do I have trances? Yes. but again, I'd say 80% of the visionary type experiences I have are spiritual visions where I close my eyes and I can begin to see it. And sometimes if I open my eyes, it'll distract me and it'll start to cause that that vision to like uh, like break up. And so I just close my eyes and really focus, and then I can see it just as clear as day. So that's what I mean by lean in. You lean in, you, uh, you have to be very careful because the enemy will try to distract you. Maybe the phone will start ringing, uh, it'll start beeping, or maybe somebody's like, but you have to just stop, really focus, close your eyes, that will usually help, and you can see it unfold before you. Praise the Lord. I've had Jesus appear to me before in visions, spiritual visions, and with my eyes closed, I could see him standing right there. If I opened my eyes, and if you, there were sometimes I did that, I, I can't see anything. I'm back like in the normal room, but the moment I would close my eyes, that encounter would continue. <laughs> so I've learned when it happens, just lean into it and receive the message that God is trying to to convey to you. It could be through a personal visitation from the Lord. Those are very, very special. It could be through an angelic visitation, or it could be through the divine voice of, all, of the Almighty coming to you, and you just want to get still. God said, be still and know that I am God. So I do think slowing down, getting quiet is very, very important. And we see also here in Matthew 17, Jesus taking the three with him up on the mountain top experience. Now, when you go to Israel, there are a couple of mountain possibilities. There's actually three mountain possibilities. And the area that most Christians go to that is celebrated as being the Mount of Transfiguration uh, was probably almost 99% not the place where the transfiguration took place. Why? Because we know from archaeological evidence and from uh, church history, we know that there was a Roman garrison on the top of that mountain. So I highly doubt if the mountain that everybody goes to today in Israel to that they call the Mount of Transfiguration, I highly doubt that was the mountain that Jesus and uh, Peter, James, and John went up on knowing that there was a fully armed Roman garrison. No, it would have been another uh, mountain. There's a couple of other possibilities, but uh, that's a fun thing to study. Now, Matthew 17, verse 1, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. So we also know that Uh, this mountain would have been high, not just a big hill, but a high mountain, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here if you wish. Let us make here three tabernacles One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. It's like saying, hey, let's start three different denominations. (laughs) We can have the Jesus denomination, and we can have the uh, uh, Assembly of Moses denomination, and then we could have the Church of uh, Elijah denomination, and then we could have uh, annual convocations and go up to each one. uh, No, and Jesus, you know, stops that. Uh, My friends, you want to keep moving on with the Lord truth is ever unfolding. And while we thank God for the things that we have learned and received, and uh, we now understand and the light that we walk in, you cannot camp out and say, these are, these truths are like what we're going to just, we're going to camp on this for the rest of our life. And you turn it into a denomination. And the next thing you know, that the truths that you've uh, once celebrated, while they're still truth, uh, you, you've, You've gotten off of the cutting edge because truth is ever being unfolded. and we need to go up to the top of Mount Zion. Now we certainly don't want to camp at the base, but sometimes people they get a little bit of uh, uh, of altitude that they have gained and they think, I know I know a lot more than others. I think I'll just pitch my tent here, but you can't do that. You have got to keep moving with God and stay hungry because uh, there's more things. That the Lord wants to share with you, and here we see that Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him, talking with Jesus, and uh, you know, of course, that scripture makes some people a little bit nervous, and they think, well, this is like uh, you know the dead appearing after death to you know, and it's uh, uh they get a little bit nervous about things like that, but you know, let's let's at least give Elijah a break because he never died, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the truth is, is that the Lord uh, can send any redeemed saint back to the earth with a divine message or purpose or, or or something along that line. And when you get into the study of the mystic saints, it's almost like common. And when you read of the great saints, they were having visitations from, you know, many of the... Uh, The great prophets of the Bible—it's just common, and I've—I've had it happen. I've had uh, the prophet Elijah appear to me before, and uh, even minister to me in a special way. And so, um, again, you don't have to start getting very deep with God before you realize the reality of what we would call the communion of the saints. There's only one church. It's not like there's a church in heaven and all of the dead saints, they're up there, and then there's a church on the earth, and we're divided. No, there's there's only one church, and when you begin to walk with the Lord, and you get close with Him, don't be surprised in the supernatural realm uh, should some interesting things begin to open up, and we're, again, we're not talking about fabricating weird stuff that we make up. Uh, the truth uh, you know, there's a, there's a colloquial statement that the truth is stranger than fiction, and it is. Uh, truth is uh, mysterious. There are many kingdom minister, uh, excuse me, mysteries, and uh, a mystery in a sense not that we don't understand it doctrinally because we do, but it's just there are some things that are just so holy and marvelous that we'll never really begin uh, able to fully wrap our intellect around. Praise God. But here it is, uh, Moses and Elijah talking to uh, Jesus. I do know one minister, real solid, real solid walk with God. He's had Moses appear to him multiple times. And that was something that was pertaining to his calling and his ministry. He has a worldwide ministry. And Moses has appeared, has been sent by, by God in heaven to the earth to, in, in a vision to minister and share some things with him. Praise the Lord. Again, once you begin to run with the Lord and get into the deeper waters, you'll find that this is actually very, very normal. Every single mystic saint that I've ever studied, every great saint within the Catholic Church, for example, and even in uh, Eastern Orthodoxy, they've all had supernatural visitations from redeemed saints. And you know, you might, some might criticize that, but when you study these saints, you're talking about lives that were so devoted uh, to the Lord in areas of sanctification and holiness and purity, that uh, it's really, uh, I would say, uh, even shameful for their critics to speak against it because the walk of these people was almost like superhuman in some ways in their devotion to the Lord, <laughs> I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't touch them with criticism with a forty-foot pole, <laughs> and that doesn't mean that I agree with all of their doctrine, but it does. It does mean that uh, these were some people that were very, very devout, set apart unto the Lord, and these experiences were very real, just like we see in the Bible. Now, verse five. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. And so many times in the spirit realm, when there is an initial uh, moving into that, it can be very overwhelming. And you, you see many examples in the Bible of when the angel would first appear to somebody, the angel would say, Fear not. Why? there is a, a power element of the glory realm of God that can be quite sobering and uh, not, like, not like you would be afraid of it like you know like molten lava or a tornado, but it's a holy fear of, in, of unestimable power that's radiating either, either off of an angel because they've been in the presence of the Lord and you feel that incredible power. And yes, it uh, it can be uh, very uh, very startling to say the least. Praise God. So again, he says, arise and do not be afraid. Now, I like verse eight. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only, and that really will keep you uh, grounded. I've been privileged to know many great men and women of God. In my own personal life, uh, I've been privileged to travel around the world and meet some saints who've got some incredible walks with the Lord. And I, in the spirit realm, have met redeemed saints. In the spirit realm, Jesus has has come to me in visions. I've talked to the head of the church. And let me just say this, while uh, there are many powerful angels and there are many great men and women of God, it says here that they saw no one but Jesus only. And so that will always center you. Eyes on God the Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, God, three in one. And when you keep Jesus in the center, it will keep you stabilized because you're going to see many great miracles. You're going to see great signs and wonders. And I've had people come up to me after meetings before and say, uh, "Stephen, that was like on a wild level. They they saw me ministering in the Spirit, and they're sitting there now. I'm ministering, just thinking everything's like normal, having a good time." but they're sitting there because that glory from God is touching them and that anointing is hitting them. And, you know, they're thinking like, well, Stephen's superhuman. Well, trust me, I'm not. All all you're experiencing there is that splash of glory that's touching you. So the bottom line, no matter how all of us are touched, the end result is that our eyes are on Jesus. You may have uh, uh, an encounter where you meet a very high-ranking angel. Okay, yeah, that that's really cool. Okay, bottom line, though, eyes are on Jesus, and that will keep us always in the right frame of heart, right frame of mind. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only, and God is the only one who we worship. Now, as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision. So what was this? Jesus Talking with Moses and Elijah, and even Peter, James, and John, seeing into the spirit realm uh, and seeing this take place. What was going on here? Well, the Bible interprets the Bible. If you'll go slow through the Word of God, you'll see that God's Word is interpreted by the Word. And it says, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. Again, there are some truths that You've got to be careful who you share things with because they may not have the word foundation to be able to handle it. Now, Jesus appeared to me one time uh, while I was ministering in Berlin, Germany, and he said, I want you to talk about these types of things and the experiences I've allowed you to have because he said, my people are ready now. So I'm talking about these types of things. I've written about them. I continue to talk about them because there is a vast group of the body of Christ that is not only hungry, but uh, in many ways have had their own experiences with the Lord. They want to be able to understand them. They want footwork for that, uh, groundwork for that. And the, the stronger your base is, the, the easier it is to lean into the supernatural. Praise God. So God has called me to teach on this uh, area of walking with God as well, the supernatural. And he instructed me too, and I have found that people really are ready. Now, you'll have some who aren't, but the truth with that is they'll never be ready. (laughs) You know, we could wait 20 years and try to go talk to them. They're still not ready, and they're still maybe drinking milk. But as you uh, assimilate to strong meat, as the Apostle Paul said you can begin to really get into some uh, very, very wonderful things in your walk with God. And so he said, tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And so the Holy Spirit allows you to have a greater capacity. In other words, after Jesus was raised from the dead, he left, and then then the Holy Spirit came. And so with the Holy Spirit, you have a much greater capacity to receive truth and to be able to walk in it. And again, it says, tell the vision to no one. So that experience up on the mountain was a visionary experience. That was an open vision that they were allowed to have. Peter, James, and John were there. Jesus is seeing Moses and Elijah. That's all in a vision. So if you did not have that visionary grace come upon you, uh, you would not have seen Moses and Elijah there. You would have seen Jesus talking maybe to what would look like nobody and that may not have made much sense, which is why you can understand why the supernatural is so controversial, but the genuine is always there. You know, I have a minister friend of mine, and decades back, he was in a meeting in Los Angeles when Kenneth Hagin came the minister at Fred Price's church there in Crenshaw, California, and he watched as uh, uh they got into the time of flowing in the Spirit, okay? So, Brother Hagen preached, but then after that, he begins to minister in the Spirit, and he starts speaking in tongues, and he says something in tongues to Fred Price, and Fred Price answers back, not in English, but answers back in tongues, and my friend was sitting there, and he said, Stephen, I, he said, I could understand that when they were talking in tongues back and forth to each other, he said, I understood exactly everything that they were saying, the Holy Spirit gave me the, the translation. Were in the spirit realm. I could hear the tongues, but at the same time, I could understand how that would translate out in the English. Um, and that's really, really cool. Now, if you didn't understand that, you're going to just see two guys kind of like speaking in tongues, and you're not going to catch any of that. So I'm saying that God is going to begin to open up the spirit realm to you, and it just starts opening. You don't even have to try. When you when you really pray a lot, you throw fasting in there, and you're trying to spend time with God. It just starts opening up. Does it mean you're prophet? No, not unless God calls you into that. But it does mean that you can get your hearing ear really dialed in, and you're probably going to see some things also. Okay, so let me pray for you, Heavenly Father. I thank you for those that are watching today. I thank you that you're moving by your Spirit, and I just pray that the glory ramble God begin to open up for your people. And that as it does, they will lean into it. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise. This is going to be a reality that they will know. Experiential knowledge in Jesus' name. And we all say, amen. Amen, praise God. Now, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's get your life right with God today. Jesus will hear you as you cry out to him in prayer. And he can take all of your sins away I want to lead you in prayer, and if you used to serve the Lord, but you've fallen away, come back today and get restored, get your life right with God, get back into the good stuff, okay? Let's pray together. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Save me now. Wash my sins away with your precious blood. Jesus, write my name in your book of life, and step into my life today. And lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Woo! Amen! Praise God! Amen! Welcome to the family of God. Amen! Praise the Lord. Now, fun thing to do. We're going to take communion together. If you don't have these, I would encourage you to get these. These are travel communion uh, cups. You've got the grape juice and you've got the bread there in the end. Uh, Pastor Kelly always brings these with us. And I'm about to go into a meeting here in just a few minutes, but I want to take communion with you. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So grab your communion. Let's pray over it. Father, we thank you for the juice, the bread. We bless it now and set it apart as being holy. And we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh. We just thank you that we believe in the supernatural. We thank you that we are spirit-filled believers and that we believe in miracles, modern-day miracles. We believe in visions. We believe in the supernatural. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise. Let your spirit flow in our lives, flow through your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the Lord's body together. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad you're with me on the road today. South Florida, beautiful sunshine. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for great protection. We thank you for cleansing. We thank you for safety. We thank you that sickness, disease, colds, flu, that we have supernatural immunity through the blood of of Jesus. We thank you for health, vitality, that we will live out the full length of our days. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's receive together. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. I tell you what, walking with the Lord, walking close with God, and walking in tremendous financial strength, I tell you, God's making you a force to be reckoned with. You are an overcomer, not just technically on paper, you are an overcomer. God's moving mightily in your life. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for supporting this ministry. Thank you for being one of those who can say, I've got that. If you can't get the whole thing, just do what you can do, because God will never ask you to do what you can't do. But if you are able to do, and God's speaking to your heart, then step into that fullness of being somebody who says, I've got that, and you're going to be able to get some things in the very near future that will be startling to you. What looks big to you by the end of this year you're going to have to try not to laugh at it because you will be at a new level. And I don't say that lightly. I know the power of God's word and how God works in these areas. My friends, thank you. God bless you. Have a great week, and I'll see you back again in just a couple of days. Bye-bye.